Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Sometimes you forget how much you need community until you need it and then you're reminded of how much you need it. And even for Dan and I in recent times of the love and support we have felt from our church family, of things being dropped to our door, meals, flowers, gifts, text messages of prayer and support and uh, knowing that people are standing with us and we are so grateful uh, for the church that we lead, for the role that God has given us in loving and leading his people. And we know that the church doesn't belong to us, it belongs to him. You are his people first and foremost. But what a privilege it is to walk together. And this has really got nothing to do with the message today, but just an encouragement. Do life together so one another. We need each other for life and for this Christian journey to have people who will pray with you, to have people who will support you and to stand by your side, people who will send verses about God's unfailing love and his goodness and who will remind you of his promises, who will give you a little bit of a kick up the bum sometimes when you need it to get back on track with life and, and the Lord. So we need each other. So thank you for looking out for one another, for loving each other and for being the church. Let's continue to be the church that God has called us to be. Well, thank you, Matt. Well, today we're kicking off a series called November Rain and we're asking, this should be our cry and our heart for every month, for every day that we walk with the Lord, that He would truly rule and reign within our lives and within our hearts. And today I want to encourage us to just re-surrender our hearts and our lives to Him and for Him because walking with God and living a life of faith is not always the most easy of journeys. And those who've been saved longer than a week can probably testify to that. But you could also testify that it is the greatest and the most rewarding and the most life-giving journey that you could ever be on. To walk with your Saviour, the one who loved you so much that he was willing to leave his throne in heaven to come and take the form of a person, of a man, to come and to live a life and to die on the cross that you and I could be saved and restored and brought back into a right relationship with the Father. And today I want to encourage us to do a bit of a heart check. You know, when you suffer from a heart attack, the, one of the leading causes of that is because there is a blockage within the heart. And when there is a blockage, it's hard for blood and life to be able to get through and flow through to the function of your heart to keep it beating. And today I just want us to check our hearts. Let's check for blockages today. When we're asking God to reign, when we're asking God to rule, are we actually giving him permission to do that within our lives? I want to read this passage in Hosea 10.12. It says... I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plough up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. And today I want to talk about this idea of ploughing up the hard, the hard ground of our hearts because who knows that the heart can grow hard 
pretty quickly. You know, if you've ever seen a desert kind of environment, you think back in times when Australia has been in heavy drought and you see pictures of the outback landscape and it is so cracked and it is so hard because the life has literally gone out from it. There's been no nourishment. There's been no physical rain upon the land to keep it soft and to keep it cultivated and to keep it healthy. So it goes hard and it cracks and it dries out. And sometimes that can be the actual condition of our heart as well. Not necessarily the physical heart, but our spiritual heart, our well-being, our emotions. Our relationship with God can dry up. You know, when there's blockages in our hearts, it's hard for Him to take His rightful place within our lives and within our hearts because other things are in the way. So today, let's, let's make a commitment to do the hard work of ploughing. You know, I've never ploughed a thing in my life. Um, not even in our back garden, not interested, don't care. Just lay some grass, plant a tree. One that will grow without any assistance from either of us would be nice. Dan's not too bad, he was out there doing the hedges yesterday. So he has a try. And he does, you know, like, men, they just love it, don't they? Like, it has to be perfect. I'm like, can we try that with the inside of our house as well? That, that might be all right as well. Um, yeah, but I've never done any ploughing, but it doesn't seem like it would be easy. I know we've probably got machinery and things like that for it now. But you think of ploughing, of turning up the soil, of turning it over, of aerating it, of getting rid of the hard crustiness that's on top. Because this is a really important point, that the conditions count. In Matthew 13, Jesus is talking in parables and he's talking about the farmer who goes out to sow seeds. And the conditions of the ground mattered for how those seeds could grow, if they could actually take root, if they could actually infiltrate the soil to get down and take root. And so he's sharing this parable about the farmer who tried to throw the seeds on rocky ground, on the hard ground, and then on the fertile soil that had been cultivated, aerated and ready because the farmer had made sure that the conditions were right to receive those seeds. You know, that's true for you and I. The condition of our heart counts. You know, you could be here today and I could throw out lots of seeds from the Word of God this morning. But for those to really take root, to go deep within your heart and your spirit, for the Word to flourish within you, the conditions have to be right. They don't have to be perfect. But the work does have to go in to remove the hardness, to remove the blockages, to make sure that the soil is ready for the Word of God to grow up within our lives. You know, we first need to acknowledge that our heart and the redemption and the salvation and the ultimate softening of our heart is a work from the Lord. That in and of ourselves, we can't save ourselves. We can't redeem ourselves that was the role of why Jesus came to this earth, to die for you and I, that He could reveal through the power of the Holy Spirit that we actually needed a Saviour, that we needed someone to help us with the condition of our heart. Because when we live our own way, when we do our own thing, when we refuse to acknowledge Christ as Lord and Saviour, we're blown around and tossed around by everything that the world 
deems right for us. But if you've, like I have, lived your own life but come to know the Lord, you realise that walking your own way often is a, a critical human error, I guess. But there is one who loves you so greatly, who gave you the Holy Spirit to open your eyes, to reveal your need of a Saviour, to reveal the fact that you can't in your own strength, you know, you are going to try and be a really good person today. It's actually really hard to be a really good person because you want to be angry and you want to be annoyed. And, you know, I was having a little chuckle in my own mind today about the kids learning to say sorry quickly. That's actually really hard. It's hard to say sorry quickly. It's hard to kind of calm down and realise you need to be in a spot where you can go, oh, I actually do need to say sorry, I was out of line there. You know, we say that to our kids, but how quickly do we say it, you know, for our own lives and our own story? But we trust that the Holy Spirit reveals to us that it's not just about being a good person. It's about putting our faith and our trust in our Saviour to change our hearts, to open our eyes, to allow His Word to bring a transformation in our lives that only He can bring. In Acts 16, 13 to 15, it's this story of a, a woman called Lydia and about how the Holy Spirit opens her eyes to hear the good news. And we've been speaking about the good news the last few services in our church. So let's read this passage here. It says, When the Sabbath day come, came, we went outside the gates of the city to the nearby river, for there appeared to be a house of prayer and worship there. Sitting on the riverbank, we struck up a conversation with some of the women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia, a businesswoman from the city of Thyatira, who was a dealer of exquisite purple cloth and a Jewish convert. While Paul shared the good news with her, God opened her heart to receive Paul's message and she devoted herself to the Lord and we baptised her and her entire family. So first we need to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see that our hearts actually need changing. That we can try and try and try within our own strength to be a better person, to be a better Christian, to do the right thing, to love more, to forgive quickly, to do the things that we feel are right. But we acknowledge that it's Jesus who brings the change. Yes, we have a responsibility and we have a part to play and we're going to talk about that in a second. But we first understand that as we ask God to rule and to reign within our hearts and our lives, that first we come and surrender and say, Jesus, I give you my heart again because it's you who ultimately brings the change. It's you who redeems every part because there are parts of our hearts and our lives that are hard and crusty, not of our own fault and not of our own wrongdoing. Some of them are, but some of them aren't. Some of them are the fault and wrongdoing of other people in our lives. And those things are hard to plough up. Those are the sensitive issues within our own heart and our own life that we go, that's, that's too painful, that's too disappointing. That hurts too much. I can't deal with that aspect. But there is one who is gentle, who is soft, who is caring, who is guiding, who wants to lead us to a place of health and healing within our hearts even for the painful things, 
even for the parts of our lives and our story that He understands are hard to forgive, are hard to let go of, are hard for us to change. But He comes to help us. And as we surrender, and you know, I just keep being drawn back to this analogy of all the broken pieces of our lives. We've all got them, every single one of us, because we're all human and you know, are vulnerable to the human condition of life and sin and brokenness. We've all got broken aspects of our hearts, but as we gather them all up, every single story, every heartache, every worry, every fear, everything, as we gather them all up and we lay them at the feet of our Saviour, He's the one who can bring healing. You know, it's Him when He sends physical rain to the earth that the dry cracks are washed away, that the brokenness seems in an instant to be washed away, to be healed, to be mended as the earth comes back together. And the same picture of our heart and our life as we ask Him to bring spiritual rain, R-A-I-N, rain, which can I say, which I thought was the theme when Dan said November rain. He's like, no, it's R-E-I. GN. He said, hey, spell it. I was like, oh, okay, I'm a bit off track there. But anyway, but as we ask him, and as you know, this whole month, we're going to create space within our services to ask God to come, to speak to us, to minister to our hearts, to bring breathing room for our soul, because life can be so crushing. It can weigh us down. But in His presence, there is fullness of joy. There might not be fullness of joy in many other aspects of your life, but in His presence, there is joy, there is peace, there is life and there is healing. So we first acknowledge that it's Him who is the Saviour of our hearts and our lives. And secondly, I can't see that time. 11? Thank you. Does somebody beep at me when it's 11.15 because I can't see that clock anymore? The second thing is that we acknowledge that we have a responsibility to play in keeping our hearts soft. He softens it, but we have a job to keep it soft. Let's read this passage in Hebrews. And this outlines some some things that are detrimental to the softness of our spiritual hearts. It says, Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you with with an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all of those who left Egypt led by Moses and with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned and whose bodies fell in the wilderness? So the first thing that it says that will lead you away from the living God is an unbelieving heart. Do not let the enemy come to you and say, did God really say? You know, like he did in the garden, like he did with Jesus when he was led into temptation. Did God really say things could get better? Did God really say you could be saved? Did God really say that you were good enough to enter in? 
Did God really say? Because that's the question that he'll ask. And doubt will begin to creep into our hearts and our minds. But it says here that an unbelieving heart will lead you to fall away from the living God. Today, let's commit to being people of the Word. Oh my goodness, bless your heart. Whoever made that the largest font on that clock. You have to see how big that font is. <laughs> Jeffrey Shabir, is that you? Bless your heart. As most of you will know, I had a bit of a medical episode not long ago and it has played havoc on my vision. So I, I was like, oh no, I can barely read my notes, let alone what that was. So thank you. That's actually very helpful. I can see the time now, everybody. So don't fear that we're going to be here till after lunchtime because that will not be the case. So always bring your heart back to the truth. You know, even when I was in hospital not long ago and I was praying one night and I just was just declaring who I believed God to be and I, one thing that I said was, you know, you are Emmanuel, you are God with me. And I felt just a really quick kind of thing back from the Holy Spirit to say, how do you know? How do you know he's with you? I thought, okay, it's, it's a bit challenging, Lord. Like, it's not a, in a bit of a condition here. Not a softer question would be nice. Um, and it wasn't that I felt his presence stronger than I ever had before. It was not that there was an, you know, a nurse had left a note on my little food table to say the Lord is Emmanuel. None of that. I knew because the word told me. And even in a situation where I didn't know where I could have had doubt, well, if God was really with me, I wouldn't be here, would I? But I knew that He was with me because the Word promised me that He would never leave me, that I would never be forsaken, that He would always be with me. So even in times where you feel like you could sway to the side of unbelief, bring yourself back to what does the Word of God say about this? Because that's where the ultimate truth is and that will lead you back to Him instead of drawing you away from Him. Amen. The second thing it says, the deceitfulness of sin. You know, in the Amplified in Hebrews 12, it talks about sin and it talks that it easily and cleverly entangles us. You know, when you, um, when you sin... Sometimes it's like, oh, that was actually, that was fine. Nothing really happened. But when we live outside according to the pattern, to the Word of God, to what He's called us to do, it actually easily and cleverly entangles us. You know, the enemy does not have the power of God, but he's not a fool either. And he knows the ways to entangle our hearts. And again, it's about going to work of going, what sin is within me? And God, create a clean heart within me. Forgive me of my sin. Again, I come back and I surrender to your reign and your rule. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of the times where I've stepped out of what you've called me for, of what you've asked me to do. How quickly do weeds grow up in your garden? If you do not, I don't know, again, I don't garden, but... I've seen it before. Actually, when we first rented our house out, when we bought it, the tenant from hell moved in and she, this was not the issue, but she just left the backyard, go to ruins, go to the dogs, as they say. And when we went to move back in, it was like, 
It's like a wild jungle out here. This is absolutely nuts. And in a short amount of time, the whole thing was overgrown and covered in weeds. And that can actually be our heart. When we do not tend to the condition of our heart, the weeds grow and they, they entangle everything and they suck the life and the nutrients out, out of the beautiful things that are meant to grow. It's hard for the good things to grow when the weeds are overbearing. So let's, uh, let's not be deceived by the power of sin. The second thing it says here, uh, the third thing, sorry, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Let's be a people who commit to hearing his voice and obeying it. You know, disobedience hardens our heart. And you know, Barty, I just want to honour you this morning as well. We had a little team gathering here before the service just to pray and commit everything to God. And Barty was saying that she changed last minute the third song that she wanted to do. And we're like, that's fine. Dan and I don't control that. We don't want to control every aspect of the church. People have got their own gifts and abilities and talents to, to lead us, certainly not just us. And she'd said that she just felt challenged. And she said that, she said something like, oh, I didn't really want to do it. You know, it's effort to get, oh, sorry, guys, the band, you have to relearn this song and whatever. And we just encourage her for the service. It's not always easy to obey, but you usually do regret it if you don't. And not just, oh, because, you know, God's going to hit you with a, a cane or something. Not like that at all. But within your own heart, you're like, oh, that's not where the blessing is. That's not where the fruit is. It comes in hearing and obeying his voice. And gosh, you led that honouring God in that third little bit so beautifully, buddy. So I honour your um, obedience to him. And you know, sometimes, you know, the word obedience is such a, you know, it's not a cool word anymore in 2023 to ask people to be obedient um, to things. But God asks us to be obedient, not because he wants to ruin or control our lives. You know, that's what sometimes your kids think. You know, oh, you just want us to do that because you just want to control our lives. God doesn't do that. Hopefully we don't do that either as parents. But he's a wise father. And the Bible says that his boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. He's like, I've given you all of this space to roam, to have dominion over. Live within the context of that because that's where the life is. Outside of that, that's where your heart grows cold and dry and crusty. So today when you hear his voice, obey it. And number four, something that dries up the heart super quick is a lack of gratitude. You know, it says here, you know, who were the people that heard and rebelled? Was it not those who were led out of Egypt by Moses? Was it not those who God supernaturally and miraculously delivered out of Egypt? How quickly did they go from rejoicing? We are finally free from our captors. We are finally free from the slave labour, from the beating, from the harsh, horrible life. And God has delivered us under this leader, Moses. And we're free and we're on our journey to the promised land. And God keeps showing up in supernatural and powerful ways. But how quickly their hearts grew cold and they began to rebel and they began to whinge and they were at Moses nonstop. And the Bible says there that they continued to provoke him. They stopped being grateful for what God had done within their lives. And a lack of gratitude will make your heart crusty like nothing else. I want to encourage us to be a people of gratitude. 
There is so much to be grateful for in a life lived with Him. And you know, the cross, if there's nothing else that you could ever be grateful for, that the cross happened and that it is still powerful today to help us, that we serve a God who doesn't want to be distant, but He wants to commune with us. He wants to walk with us. He cares about you. Of all the billions of people on the face of the planet, He still knows you. He still knows you by name. He still knows how many hairs are on your head. He still knows every thought and so many other thoughts that He has for you, the Bible says. You couldn't count even the, if you could count all the grains of sand and all the beaches and all of the world, you still wouldn't be able to count how many of the thoughts are that He has for you. So today, let's go to work on ploughing up our hearts, on being grateful. Acts 3.19 says, And now you must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed and so that times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. And today I might just get Matt um, just to come back. And that's what I'd like us to do in a time of the, in the Lord's presence. And today this is not a heavy. The Bible says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Now, and I want to read this, this one last passage actually, Hebrews 4.16. And this is what I want you to do today. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. You don't need to come with your tail between your legs today. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm such a horrible person, God. No. Today you approach Him with confidence. Not confidence in yourself, not confidence in your own ability, but confidence in Jesus who made a way. God sees you now through the lens of what Jesus has done. Forgiven, washed clean, purified, sanctified. Your sins removed as far as east is from the west. I don't know which one's east, which one's west. I don't, I don't know. Jeffrey, if you could bring up a compass for me up the back there. That would be really good. I was actually teaching that at school this week and I was like, they're like, which way is north? I'm like, don't ask the hard questions, kids. Ask the simple ones. I don't know. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. If you're in time of need in your heart today, there is grace for you. And for anyone who has never received Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, there is abundant love and grace and mercy. Not a God who wants to whip you over the back every time you do something wrong. He understands our humanity. He understands our weakness. He understands that we've all fallen short. We've all messed up. All of us, every single one, there is not one who has ever walked on the face of the earth except for Jesus that has been perfect. And that's why we need Him, to help us in our time of need, to help us in our humanity, to heal us and set us free. So today, as we sit here and just allow the room to breathe, and you can, if you feel comfortable, you can close your eyes. You don't have to. Whatever you feel comfortable today in the Lord's presence. Whether you've never invited Jesus into your heart before or whether you've been a Christian 
for 90 years. It, it doesn't matter. Today, let us all come confidently because of Jesus' sacrifice into the presence of God so that we may receive mercy and find grace. And as we do that, we think of this scripture in Acts 3 that urges us to repent and turn back to God because it's so easy to turn away, to allow those blockages in our hearts, to allow our hearts to grow cold and stale. But today as we look inward and equally look outward to Him, we repent of our sin and we come back to Him. It says that your sins will be removed and times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. And I just declare that over each and every one of you today. That here in the presence of God, streams of living water will flow over your heart and over your life. Where your heart is dry, where it's cracked, where it's hurting, where it's broken that a supernatural downpour from heaven would rain upon you. Just washing it away, healing it up, sewing it up. Where sin has entangled, just a pulling up of weeds today. of us going to work and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me for this sin in my life. You know I'm not perfect. You know I need your grace. But I turn back to you again today. And I thank you for the promise of forgiveness. Or maybe your prayer is, Lord, I'm, I'm not even too sure about this whole Christian thing, but I just sense something in my heart today. that I need you. You know, this, this lady is talking about you being the answer, of you being my help, of you being my saviour. And if that's true today, then would you come and show me? Would you come and heal me and help me? Across this whole room today, we'd surrender our lives again. No greater thing than laying down your life for Jesus for living his way, for hearing his voice again. We want to hear you, Lord. Give us courage to obey when we hear. We want to be people of your presence. Fill us again, Holy Spirit. For every person here today, for every person who calls this church their home, who couldn't be here today and across all of our locations. Holy Spirit, rain down. We need you. We need you to reveal Jesus. We need you to reveal the hard places of our hearts that we've even forgotten about 
that we don't even know are there. Show us, Lord, so we can go to work on ploughing up the ground of turning over the soil again so that your word can go deep within our hearts. Just for a minute more, I just feel just to stay just for a minute more. And if you feel comfortable, you can put your hands out to him. Just allow him to come and to minister to your heart to do a work within your life. Trust Him this morning with the pieces of your life. Trust Him with the pieces of your story. He is a good Father. He wants to bring life and healing to you today. He wants to bring joy again in His presence. He wants to bring hope where you felt defeated and trodden down and hopeless. He wants to come and restore hope within your heart today. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.